Prologue, A New Beginning? My son, Logan Ray Borman, took his life on December 17, 2017, one week after quitting his job. He was barely 23, his birthday only days before. He was the second born following an order to another brother, Bryce, who was four years older and two miscarriages. The happiest baby most had ever seen, literally smiling at everyone who would even give him a glance. A sister we named Savannah followed only 19 months later, and although I worried about this close gap and how that would impact Logan's attention, he was always a character gaining notice, and they both shared much of their play. They would become best friends and hardly notice me. I had always wanted little blonde-locked babies full of personalities, and so I loved showing them off and was constantly so incredibly grateful my house was full of life. And with so much cuteness, that was the icing on the cake. While we joked that Logan was the most planned because I was merely 17 with Bryce and Savannah preceded my graduation from nursing school, born after we attempted a birth control study to earn some extra money for bills, my heart was so full. The only thing I truly ever wished for was to be a mother. It was innate in me, and I clung to the hope that I would somehow be lucky enough to have this dream come true. As a very young child, we could see his love of books emerging. His stack by his pillow was an ever-so-important bedtime ritual. If even one fell, he would get frustrated and fix them immediately. I quickly realized he had many memorized after only a reading or two, and long before he could distinguish letters. As time went on, we discovered his picture-perfect memory, imagination, and intelligence was a gift. He could ever so quickly recite full-minute commercials on TV, explain the exact toxins in cigarettes he had learned about, once to the unsuspecting smoker, and use words and arguments that both we and his teachers had to look up. He was a connoisseur of conversation and engaged easily. Although his imagination took over frequently, including vivid memories of him conquering all the evil Power Rangers on the soccer field in the middle of the game, he was also very matter-of-fact and would like to correct those that weren't following the rules or if you left out pertinent particulars of information. Being honest, he would often tell his friends, I'm done playing now and would like to go home and rest. Although he was not shy in any way, I believe he was introverted and needed his quiet time and a book to recover. Logan grew up in a snug, middle-class neighborhood. He had all the makings of a well-rounded kid. Boy Scouts, sports, pets, guitar lessons, church, VBS, camps and youth group, fun city events, family gatherings, and learning to be independent with me working part-time. Being so close in age, He often shared in sport events with his sister. He had everything to do with video games, which was a shared love between his dad and brother. He made everything exciting, whether it was wanting to always win the best costume on Halloween or being the goofiest, loudest at any given event. He was known for his smile and friendliness, but we often heard, there is something special about that kid. I'll never forget one teacher conference when she told me, I really believe Logan is going to do big things. He is so unique and gifted. While some teachers would take offense to Logan's intellectual corrections, she saw his brain clicking and the potential it had. 
There's no doubt, as he aged, we discovered he was a different kind of thinker. Sometimes, being so frustrated as we were stumped in our parental arguments, we attempted to make it not be the elephant in the room. We all knew he was different, and we willingly acknowledged it and tried to embrace it. Everything came easy for Logan, and with that came a little bit of laziness. He could do the hardest of math problems without showing his work, so why should he? He could draw his family tree, acknowledging each person by simple changes in the stick figures. So why give us fancy bows or full outlined clothes? He scored a few goals in soccer games, so why practice? He could pass his AP physics class by getting the grade reflected on his final. So why do any homework along the way? He reinvented himself late during middle school, attaining new friends that were more in line with his ethics and intelligence. We adopted five-year-old Amaya from Africa after a sit-down family meeting where everyone consented with excitement. Logan took to her more than the others, spending hours watching movies and over time frequently assisting with her homework when it became difficult. He would often intervene between us when he thought our parenting was unfair or our emotions were spent. Freshman and sophomore year came and went without much incidence, but then somewhere around his junior year, Logan began to withdraw from the family. He no longer wanted to participate in family events without solicitation. He came straight home from school to his retreat of a bedroom, rising only for dinner, and even discussed his doubts about faith and arguments for pulling out of youth group. My fears, which I expressed often in words and time limitations, were a video game addiction. At the time, there was little documentation to the attributes of this diagnosis, and therefore I had no arguments in his book. When he was accepted at School of Mines, a prestigious engineering school he automatically qualified for because of his academic achievements, we thought this would be a new beginning. A brilliant high school student scoring one point away from perfect on his ACTs and having nearly a year AP credits going into college, this school had all the promise of him fitting in and excelling. But after tucking him into a dorm-filled with large TV consoles and gaming setups, I was discouraged. And then subsequently, it was extremely disappointing when he decided to come home at semester struggling with grades and having physical issues I attributed to anxiety, although he didn't agree. I then became convinced of his computer addiction. Not knowing which came first, the anxiety and depression from gaming or the gaming pulling him away from reality, we struggled to know how to parent a now adult. We knew he was struggling, and we ourselves could call it addiction, depression, etc., but he was never diagnosed, and we never realized the seriousness of it. We were immune to the world of clinical depression, a disease, and the dangers if left untreated. Despite our ignorance, we still pursued helping him in every way we could. He and I went to counseling a couple times, only to my disappointment at his denial of behaviors, therefore little forward implementation on his part. I wish now that I had found another therapist, as really neither of us connected to the young girl in any way. For nearly three years, Logan worked as a Pizza Hut driver and attempted college locally at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, to pursue a degree in engineering, wanting to help people by creating orthotics and devices to better their lives. 
He somewhat transformed himself again after being home just a few months, when he met a girl we later found out he wanted to marry. I could see the hope in his eyes, and he would often tell me he loved me again. They dated for about two years, and although he had perked up a bit during this time, even taking a family vacation with us, we could see the step back after the breakup, when he once again was drawn for extended periods of time to his dark, cold room in the basement. When confronted on the D that was consisted in at least one class a semester, he acknowledged difficulty sleeping, frequent headaches, and focusing in class, but would never acknowledge that he might need professional help. The end of the semester of December 2016 was an all-time low as he refused to finish out the last week of school. I'll never know what talks actually took place between the dean and him, but I'm still a little bitter that they, or minds, didn't address the root cause of weak performance in an otherwise bright and promising kid. Although we were not surprised, we were deeply saddened for him when he announced his desire for a different path than school. We nevertheless supported him, even helping research what it would entail to pursue different interests. His demeanor that spring remained fairly stable, and attempts to exercise, eat better, be present, and find a career, although were not ideal, were noticed. When he so excitedly accepted a position as a call taker, 911, with the city in August of 2017, we thought this was another new beginning. Do you see a trend here? He appeared the happiest we'd seen him in years in those first few weeks, bonding with his nurse mom and policeman dad with both funny and tragic stories. Then in early December, despite sensing he was a little more down in the last week or so, discovering he had resigned, we were angry, confused, disappointed, and scared. Although Glenn found out through a co-worker he had left, we were waiting for him to come to us about it. That moment never came, and on December 15, 2017, at approximately 3 o'clock in the morning, we got the news that would cause never-ending pain. Our sweet Logan, who was not violent and hadn't ever even cussed at me in the heat of the moment, had defied the rules of life and taken his with a single gunshot wound to his head. He had applied for and purchased a gun, written letters, and driven to a familiar parking lot. One last call to dispatch with directions on how to find him. I only wish he had found himself.